Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumblings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. As always, please join me uh, for this show by sending in your questions to me at 716-508-0405. That's our voicemail line. You can also text that number, 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Rumblings Q&A with the word and spelled out in the middle. Email us, Rumblings at SBNation.com. Facebook and Instagram messages to the official Buffalo Rumblings account will also make it across my metaphorical desk and we'll get answered on the show. Thanks as always for tuning in uh, to this off-season edition of our podcast. You know, this is a time where a lot of folks take you know, a week or two or three off uh, to kind of recharge their batteries before training camp kicks off now that minicamp is over. Um, so I'm glad that you were able to find us this week. Um, we don't usually take weeks off. Um, I think the last time I missed was you know, over two years ago when I had strep throat. Um, so it's just, it's nice to interact with Bills fans on a daily and weekly basis. Um, even though some of the news recently has uh, been a little bit more contentious than we would normally expect, it's still uh, still nice to be able to interact with folks and about things that matter, or at least matter to them. <clears throat> All right, we've got questions uh, to get into this week. But before we do that, I really wanted to invite you to send me your Ask Me Anything questions for our upcoming episode in July, where you can ask me anything, anything that's not related to the Buffalo Bills. So you can ask me about running the website, managing the website. You can ask me about um, you know, my personal life, um, how I got here. Uh, you can ask me like just weird, random questions, whatever you want to do. Uh, you can send those in through the normal channels, and I will save them for our Ask Me Anything episode coming up in July. Um, this Father's Day weekend, my family and I also decided we were going to be doing a uh, family Q&A podcast uh, about the Buffalo Bills. So um, my six-year-old son and my 10-year-old daughter and my wife who doesn't watch football and likes um, really likes rooting for the team the Bills are playing because she thinks it gets under my skin uh, will all be uh, getting together uh, to record a podcast sometime this offseason. And uh, so that we can look forward to that too. Uh, so ask me anything questions, send those in now. If you have questions for my wife and kids, you could send them in. Uh, just through the normal channels as well. We do have lots of stuff on the website that you can check out. Uh, we, you know, five, six articles a day over at buffalorumblings.com. Whether it's the, you know, uh, best bang for the dollar bills, uh, salary cap pieces that we're running, the 90 players in 90 days, mini scouting reports that we're running on every player on the bills roster this offseason. 
We've got the plays that defined the 2020 season series still ongoing as we're trying to define the one play uh, that you know really represented what the Bills did in 2020. Just lots of great articles over at buffalorumlinks.com. All right, let's get into your questions this week. And we'll start over on Twitter. Pmarts asks us, who will be this year's Delshawn Phillips? i.e. the dark horse to make the 53-man roster. Well, the Bills like to keep a lot of linebackers, specifically for special teams, and that's how Delshawn Phillips made the roster. So let's look at my roster projection from earlier this offseason, right after the NFL draft, to see kind of where that could happen. A couple names that, like, could at least fit that mold. Uh, Running back Antonio Williams. He played well uh, in his limited action last year, but I don't see him getting past uh, Matt Breida uh, to make the roster. At wide receiver, um, the name that I'm looking at is uh, Marquez Stevenson, the um, Buffalo Bills draft pick who could end up being the returner. It would be hard to call him a dark horse. but uh, he's certainly a guy that you know not wouldn't necessarily be your first pick to make the roster. Uh, same thing with a guy like Isaiah Hodgins, who became kind of the bell of minicamp and OTAs. Um, hopefully, back fully healthy um, and can make a shot at the roster. You know, Jake Kumaro, Tanner Gentry. I don't think those either of those guys have a viable path to the roster, so it'd be hard uh, to consider them dark horse candidates, even though they're dark for sure. Um, you know, on the interior offensive line, you've got guys like uh, Forrest Lamp or Jordan De- Devi, uh, Jameel Douglas, uh, even Jack Anderson, the draft pick. You know, it's just there's a lot of players on that interior offensive line and, you know, kind of how they shake out with who's going to be the depth option um, and who's going to be the starters and all that stuff. Like, you could see a lot of different combinations on the interior of the offensive line. Same thing on the defensive line with, you know, Daryl Johnson, uh, F.A. Obata, Harrison Phillips, Justin Zimmer, um, all kind of in that nebulous bubble range for linebackers. Uh, you have you know, Terrell Adams, Markel Lee, uh, two new signings, uh, Andre Smith, guys that could be like on that roster bubble uh, at cornerback. Uh, Rashad, Rashad Wild Goose, uh, Cam Lewis are both on that roster bubble uh, that you could have a look at there. And then at safety, um, Josh Thomas, Demar Hamlin, uh, which of those two guys is going to uh, be the fourth safety? I mean, just in that Delshawn Phillips role you have Terrell Adams who is a free agent signing this offseason he signed for one year just over the veteran minimum salary but he played a ton last year for the Houston Texans so does he really qualify as a dark horse candidate Um, probably I mean it's not a you know not a heralded signing not a guy that anyone's expecting to start but you know he's you know a step ahead of probably Markel Lee and Andre Smith in that linebacker race. Um, the guy I'm going to go with here is uh, Rashad Wild Goose, the Bills' uh, sixth-round pick or one of the Bills' sixth-round picks in 2020. Um, you know that the cornerback position is a position that um, has an opening right now, and 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 so 
he would have to beat out Cam Lewis to make the roster at cornerback, um, especially since so many people are thinking they're still going to bring in a veteran cornerback. I'll call him the dark horse candidate uh, to make the roster. He was one of um, the last players to make the roster for me. In fact, what I wrote here is that he's literally the 53rd player on my roster. Buffalo has not traditionally kept six cornerbacks um, on the roster, so it really came down to Harrison Phillips and Wild Goose, and the cornerback added more in terms of special teams ability. So kind of like Delshawn Phillips, you know, Rashad Wild Goose makes the roster for his special teams ability over Harrison Phillips in my uh, 53-man roster projection from early May. Obviously, that's going to change a little bit as we get towards uh, training camp. Uh, for example, Hodgins was left off my roster projection. Um, Isaiah Hodgins, the wide receiver. So um, it's just a little bit interesting to see kind of how it ebbs and flows. you know. And of course, once the pads go on and actual physical contact starts, you see different things from you know wide receivers breaking uh, jams and getting off the line of scrimmage. You see different things from the defensive tackles like Harrison Phillips. Of course, the Bills just signed another nose tackle who could theoretically back up star Latulule uh, if Phillips isn't back to being 100% healthy from his ACL tear a couple years ago. So lots of moving parts with that roster question. Um, so thanks for letting me explore kind of the back end of the roster a little bit. Um, so who's my dark horse candidate for the 53-man roster? I think it's Rashad Wild Goose. Even though he was a draft pick, I don't think that, you know, there's a I don't, know, I don't think there's a certainty that he's going to make the roster. And so I, I feel like he's like that last man in. Thanks for your question over at Rumlings Q&A. When we get back from this quick break, we've got a few more questions that we'll get into. Don't go anywhere. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome back. In light of the news over the weekend that the Buffalo Bills are going to be building an open-air stadium in Orchard Park, New York, where they currently play their games, Ron from New Mexico asks us, instead of building from scratch, why not keep the field and the 100s section and renovate in the offseason? Tear down half of the above-ground portion and complete redesign, rebuild, and upgrade while still playing at the stadium and do the same for the other half 
next season. Also, since the first deck is below ground, why not rebuild with three above ground decks when they currently have two? With the third and fourth each having half the number of rows, more fans would be closer to the field, stating would be louder. Roman Coliseum style shading on sunny days. Okay, lots to unpack in that uh, question. So instead of building from scratch, uh, why not keep the field in the 100 section and uh, tear down half and then redesign? I think that um, you know, piecemealing it makes it less structurally sound. I mean, wouldn't you build the entire, um, you know, basement of your house and then the first floor of your house before building the second floor of your house that's just my thought i don't i'm obviously not you know an engineer or you know a construction manager or anything like that i'm sure that there's a very good reason that nobody's ever done that before um i i think it's more likely that the bills just build it where the current parking lot is and then when they demolish the old stadium that becomes the new parking lot that's what has happened in multiple instances around the NFL where they build on the same you know, physical piece of land as existing stadiums and then they just demolish the old stadium to make way for the parking lot that they just replaced or they, they just built on top of. Um, building three above ground decks, I'm sure that there's you know, fire code things that go into that as far as you know, how many stairs you have to take to get out of the facility and all that. I know that there is, are for schools and you know several other types of public buildings. Um, I'm sure there's some really cool architectural design pieces that are going to be built into the stadium. They've already talked about building an overhang instead of getting that you know classic what you were talking about Coliseum style shading into the stadium. You know they want to protect the fans a little bit better. Um, from say the worst Bills game that I ever went to was 40 degrees and raining and you're sitting there and you're cold and you're wet and you're miserable snow way better because it's dry and you stay dry for the most part throughout the entire game so I'd rather take 30 in snow than 40 in rain like any day of the year so that's one of the things that they're going for with the new stadium design according to reports now we haven't seen any of this announced by the Bills yet so it could change obviously um but it seems to be they're going for that kind of function. And so you wouldn't see the you know, architectural, like, I don't know, third, half third and half fourth rows um, that Ron suggested. But, you know, those are all great options. I'm sure that they are doing their due diligence and asking a ton of people for feedback. Um, we know that they had season ticket holders come in for, for feedback sessions. We know that they've talked to local politicians. Um, you know, just lots of input from lots of different areas. And they're going to irritate some people no matter what. By putting it in Orchard Park, they're going to irritate a whole bunch of people that want it in Buffalo or Niagara Falls. By, uh, you know, not building a dome, they're going to irritate some people. But if they built a dome, they would also irritate a whole different segment of the population. So, um, yeah, it's certainly going to be opinionated around the NFL and I'm I'm still surprised that they're building one in Orchard Park. I thought for sure it was going to move um, from that facility. Um, if they might not want to take away the the tailgating, but the Pagulas don't make any money off that and it is often the black eye of the fan base that you know the all the, all they do is just get blitzed all the time and then like you know break their neck jumping through tables and and you know puking all over the place and and kind of some of the other, you know, they trash the stadium lots and 
that's kind of the periphery around the Bills fans, and I wasn't sure if the Pagulas were going to want to perpetuate that. I'm, and part of me is glad that they're doing it because you get to keep things like the RV lot, and you get to keep things like you know the the Pinto Ron tailgate and all that stuff. But it just it's a little bit surprising to me that they're not moving it to you know a different facility where they can get more money into their own hands, um, into the hands of developers downtown. So uh, thanks for letting me kind of, I don't know, tangentially talk about the um, <laughs> about the Bill Stadium situation. Uh, Jack Nealon asks us, uh, does Dawson Knox get more or less opportunities to prove himself in this year's offense that has lots of other healthy weapons like a healthy Emmanuel Sanders in for an unhealthy John Brown? The Bills ran uh, more multi-receiver sets than any team in the NFL, so obviously that's going to cut down on Dawson Knox's ability to get reps. Um, Jacob Hollister, for you know all the information we've got so far this spring, which isn't much, uh, but he's looked good in his limited time in Buffalo, according to the reports. Um, so, you know, is is Dawson Knox going to get? more or less opportunities in this year's offense, he'll probably get about the same. Um, At least that's my opinion. Um, He, especially at the beginning of the season, I think he'll be part of their offensive plans. And then if he can't land the plane, so to speak, if he can't make that improvement that we need to see out of a third-year NFL tight end, then maybe you'll start to see a guy like Jacob Hollister replacing him. The Bills were clearly phasing Tyler Croft out at the end of last year, um, getting ready to move on from him, but also seeing what they had in Dawson Knox. If you start to see that flip with Jacob Hollister getting a little bit more playing time and Dawson Knox being on the inactive list, that's when you can start to worry about Dawson Knox and his future with the organization. But I think they're going to give him the opportunities at the beginning of the season, in the preseason, and the beginning of the regular season uh, to, to prove that he has taken that next step as an NFL caliber tight end that they can bank on going forward. Um, and I think it's a really important time frame for Dawson Knox in the first month or two of the season. You know, they don't have Lee Smith. Not that Knox is the same thing as Smith, but they don't have Tyler Croft. They don't have a ton at that tight end position. Um, so, you know, Tommy Sweeney, of course, very unproven. Um, missed all of last season with, with various ailments. So, like, they just don't have... A whole lot of backup options at tight end, so he's gonna get the bulk of the opportunity at the beginning of the season. But if he starts to get faded out, that's when we can start to worry about Dawson Knox. Thanks for your question, Jack, over on Twitter at Rumblings Q and A. We've got one more question. This one comes from Instagram. Again, the in- Instagram handle is just the official Buffalo Rumblings account at Buffalo Rumblings. Uh, VT Crow 3 asks, should we pick up another veteran cornerback? Um, I think they should, but I thought they should earlier this offseason. I thought it was the biggest place that they could have upgraded um, this offseason. So I want them to pick up a veteran cornerback, but at this point, is that person going to be significantly better than Levi Wallace, Dane Jackson? Uh, Cam Lewis, uh, Rashad Wild Goose. I think so. Um, those guys are all limited in different ways. We've, you've got a mixture of like some young players in there, uh, late round and undrafted draft picks. So those guys aren't as athletic as potentially a guy you could bring in on a free agent contract. And that's what I want the Bills to do is upgrade the athleticism of that cornerback to position. But 
I'll eat my hat if they do it. The Bills have not prioritized that cornerback to position. Um, you know, they signed a veteran, Josh Norman, for $6 million last year. Like, it wasn't like they were completely ignoring it. Uh, but they've they've gone out and tried to address it in years past as a, you know, a veteran free agent. So maybe they've been talking to somebody that they could bring in right before training camp that didn't want to go through the offseason program a veteran like a Richard Sherman or, or you know just like that like a, an older guy who didn't want to do the entire offseason thing uh, but they can bring in uh, for training camp maybe that's what's happening um, but I kind of sort of doubt it the way that they've been talking about Dean Jackson and um, Levi Wallace this offseason and just kind of the MO for the Bills over the last several years they f- they don't really prioritize that cornerback to a position. We did have an article run recently on cornerbacks that were available. I'll pop a link into the show notes. Josh Norman also is still available, so they could sign him on a much, much cheaper contract than he played under last year, just as kind of a safety net. Uh, But we listed four players uh, with the potential uh, to be signed by the Bills. This was in uh, early June. Richard Sherman, who I already talked about, 33 years old, uh, could, you know, come in and be a very you know intelligent option out on the opposite of Tre'Davious White. Um, Daryl Worley, a former Buffalo Bills player with a brief appearance last year, um, but the Raiders signed him off the Bills practice squad and he was out in uh, Las Vegas, but he's available right now. Uh, Jason Staley and. Um, Garyon Conley were for the guys mentioned in um, in our article from earlier this month. Um, Conley's one that is really um, intriguing for me in kind of that Kevin Johnson vein. He's got some athleticism. He's a good physical match for what the Bills want at the position. Uh, he's coming off an injury, um, so it would be like you know a risk reward pick. They could sign him for a low dollar figure and have him overproduce um, on a one-year deal or something like that so uh, I'll, I'll put that whole list over at um, in the show notes and you can check that out as always thank you for listening uh, you can send in your questions to us at 716-508-0405 you can tweet us at rumblings q and a send us an email buffalo rumblings at sbnation.com uh, instagram like we had today uh, facebook messages are always get to us as well there's lots of ways to get in touch with our show please send in your questions for future episodes in the middle of this off season like i said earlier i want your questions for our ask me anything episode and the family episode coming up so you can send in questions to my wife and kids you can send in um, ask me anything questions about any topic that's not the buffalo bills those are two things coming up uh, in the next few weeks uh, that we need to get uh, some questions for so send all of those in um, and uh, hopefully we won't have any more breaking news around the bills during this dead time uh, between the end of minicamp and the start of training camp and we can just kind of smooth sail coast into the 2021 season go bills hi i'm neil patel host of decoder my show about big ideas and other problems Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. 
How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts.